Welcome to the Love Cars on the Grid podcast, your global motorsport roundup with me, Tiffany Dell and Paul Woodman. Welcome to Love Cars on the Grid, your global motorsport podcast roundup. Quite a dull weekend, I guess. But there's lots you're, of well, talk- hold on a You're looking a bit tired. I mean, we're a day late. I mean, I don't know what you've been doing that we're making this podcast. You're looking I'm, a bit weary, but I'm what stressed. have you been up to? Do you know what? For the last day and a half, this is why we're late. Right. I've been calculating. I've been putting through the supercomputer, all these crunching right. the numbers, what the possibilities right. are of Max Verstappen not winning <laughs> the 2022 uh, and and what what did this uh, incredibly in depth research? Sort of what was the result? Uh, are we going to shock? Going to shock us all now? Yeah, I think everybody would be quite shocked because there is absolutely no chance whatsoever of him not winning the 2022 <laughs> drivers' championship, and uh, quite a well deserved one as well. There's not much. You can wrap in... it up this weekend, can't you? I think. This one, what does the computer say? Did you work out which Grand Prix you can mathematically? Yeah, he, he can actually mathematically win this weekend. I don't think uh, he will because okay. Charles will. Uh, probably give him a little bit of a run for his money with the next at least one more race. But uh, no, it's, it's it's one of the most dominant title wins ever. He's yeah. he's probably going to get yeah. the record of uh, the most wins of the season. As most well. wins, so, yeah. yeah. Good highly on him, deserved, Max. highly deserved from yeah. him and Red Bull. Yeah, I agree. Um, but yeah, not much other. God, quiet week, wasn't it? Well, I mean, you what say we had, that. Um, There's a bit of driver change oh. though, Tiff, in Formula One. Well, Guan Yu Zhao is confirmed, but we pretty much knew that all along. And the FI have officially rejected um, Colton's super licence. Ridiculous. And, Stupid, oh, no. crazy, oh, no. nuts. Yeah, on Twitter, they all seem to be agreeing. Well, Twitter, they all seem to be agreeing with this. No. So he's a seven-time oh. IndyCar oh, winner. No. He's a, one of the world's. I mean, best he might, the point is, I think a lot of people say, you know, he's not the best American. He only qualified tenth in the IndyCar. The point is, IndyCar is dominated by Penske and um, the other mob. And you know, the Andretti, he was they were the Andretti drivers were ninth and tenths. You know, that's the best they could do with Andretti cars. And the point is, even if he comes to the year, because I mean, you know, Red Bull wanted him, you know, it's not like he's buying his way in. And if he doesn't do well in one year, then fair enough. But it'd be a great experiment, which has now been taken away, and we'll probably never see him in Formula One. One year would be great, you know. I, I agree not with you. To be. And then, and for the first time, I think for a long time, if not ever, we've got a, a direct comparison with a top IndyCar driver and, a, and a, into Formula One. Look at Lando Norris. Lando, Lando Norris is going to finish about 10th. Um, and he's an exceptional driver. So it's not <laughs> just about the driver. It's about yeah, that. Exactly. Yeah. Talk, oh, Lando's talk. only 10th. Lando's only 10th to the chair, but he must yeah. be rubbish. He's only 10th yeah. to the chair. Which is silly. Talking about exceptional drivers, um, Three exceptional Formula One drivers have got all something in common. Nicholas Latifi, Michael Schumacher and uh, Lewis Hamilton. Um, it's the number seven. So Schumacher and Hamilton, seven world titles and um, Latifi, seven points. That's, Ooh, that's, oh, that's, grand that's cruel. Oh, that's, no, they're moving on. He's, he, was, he, I mean, he's a, he was good in F2. He won F2 races. He was, you know, he's a very good driver, but just not brilliant. Not yeah. good enough. One great driver retiring saying he's not going back to Indigo, Jimmy Johnson. Well, I miss at Goodwood. He was racing at Goodwood and uh, racing the Galaxy and a Cobra, I think. A charming bloke. A lot of chatting to him about you know, NASCAR. and his, his, He did two years in IndyCar bravely at the age of about 42 or three, having raced you know, NASCAR all his life. Absolutely charming bloke. So I wish him well. He's going to still compete in something. He's just not sure what yet. Okay. Well, 
Um, but we did, I did just mention Latifi, of course he is leaving, officially leaving, we probably knew that for some time, but leaving Williams, so uh, um, a few drivers going. And what will Latifi do? Has it been announced, as he said? What no, he probably go IndyCar, I would have thought. I've seen yeah. no reason. If he loves racing, you know, maybe he's bored with racing, he might give up and be a farmer or something, I don't know. I don't know what daddy's money is in, he might go work for daddy. I mean, daddy's God, Why can't enough. we get some of this money? Why can't <laughs> someone feel sorry for us? We're, we're, we're finishing off this second series of our TV show, for those of you that are interested. <laughs> It has been. It's just when I get when I watch. I oh, you sold the mirror. I mean, normally you have that very expensive <laughs> mirror behind you. Have you flogged that off to get yeah, some money? I've flogged everything. <laughs> so I went. I live in a little seaside town in the southwest of England called Cleveland, as you know, Tiff. Uh, it's a lovely little Victorian seaside town. I see them filming there often. They're always filming. They were filming a children's BBC uh, uh, sketch, one part of this CBBC, so a children's TV thing. There were 60, 70 people there. Uh, for one, I said, what are they doing? Uh, holding an ice cream. Someone takes the ice cream, runs off. That was it. Lorries, Arctics, everywhere. We go out filming. We have one or two people. That's it. I mean, it, it's, <laughs> I can't believe it. But we're getting there. We're almost there. We're going to have series two of Love Cars on the road. Uh, TV show out very soon. And then next year, we've got a super exciting project, but we have to rely on sponsors, which we don't really have very many of. So if you know any, please let us know. Get in touch. We'd love, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love you. Yeah, we go from we love love you. loving you. <laughs> um, uh, in terms of in terms of world, let's have a quick chat. There's, there, there were some races going on. Yeah, it was, um, it was a quiet season. A lot of motorbike racing, MotoGPs and mo World Superbikes, British Superbikes, lots of drama in the British Superbikes. We might come to later. And the biggest subject that was back on Twitter big time was after the BTCC at Silverstone on the stupid circuit, the national circuit. We used to call it the club circuit. Um, track limits reared its under. I mean, big time, because I was watching on the telly. And cops, this the only fast corner on the whole circuit, the only really challenging corner. They were just they all go off wide. the road everywhere. I mean, just three cars wide, two cars wide. And the co it sounded like there'd be like some censorship, because all the support races, they were banging out penalties. And we'll go back to that again later, because like, you're a fan of the five-second penalties, but then at the end of the race, nobody has won. You know, there was a great Porsche race, which was down to the last call, the last lap. The guy that led across the line had got two track limits, had the five seconds. Um, so it was the guy that second that won. But I mean, if you're in the grandstand, you haven't got good hearing to the PA system, and you're not you know, linked into the TV. As a spectator, you, you'd think that the guy that crossed the line first had won the race. So that's why I was, I'm worried about, you know, the option of time limits. But it was just, but when it comes to the to all the support races, they were getting penalties. And lo and behold, the BTCC, none, I even tried to wave up Tim Harvey on Twitter to reply. He wouldn't, he wouldn't answer. <laughs> they didn't mention the track and it was appalling. It was just a joke. I mean, I, I won't name all the drivers, but one in particular, the opening lap, you know, made up two places around the outside off the grid because he just deliberately shot out wide. And, and, you know, the guys keeping the tighter line came out of the corner slower. And there was a lot of banging them. I mean, this, it was like a banger race because that's what the stupid little track almost encourages, you know, because it's, it's too tight for 29, what, 30 touring car drivers in equally powered cars with equal ambitions and also very little jeopardy in terms of banging into each other. Um, but yeah, there was no mention of track, oh, track limits. Everyone twitters up in arms. Jade Edwards, bless her, was the only person driver to sort of come back on the Twitter to say she actually said to the stewards when she was in the office for another uh, error, uh, that, well, where, where were the track limits? And the stewards said, no, 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 there weren't many. But quite obviously, someone had said, look, it's going to be too hard to police, you know, let them go. And um, 
I almost feel like you remember NASCAR and IndyCar when they go to the Circuit of Americas, they, they don't have track limits. And so that penultimate call, a very fast call, everyone just crawls right out wide. And of course, then you, you're taking yourself very near the barrier, which you, were, which you were taken away from by them putting the car park in. So I actually said, maybe for Cops Corner next year, we'd just take, take up the curb, just leave, leave the car that. park. Why not? Of course you can't. Then they're gonna and then they're gonna go further to the left, aren't they? Yeah, and, then, and then when they lose control, they'll hit the wall hard. Yeah. And but... then maybe they'll realise why they've been given the safety of a car park to be observed, because the big car park is there to slow you down before you hit something. So I am in the... favour I am in favour of the five second in race penalties. I am because once right. once it keeps going. I'm glad you said that. I'm okay, glad you so said once that. it keeps going, they will they will they will stop doing it. Simple as that. And it will only be the then, errors that do that. However, then. however, <laughs> what I do encourage is consistency. So they can't have all the other races enforcing well, yeah. that. They're not yeah. doing it. It's a, all about consistency. Yeah. As long as they're consistent. That, that I think I you have to have, you need a loop. I don't know how well, because I mean, Brands has got a loop Elliot, in that bottom bend. We're recording a podcast, Elliot. I'll call you back. <laughs> We're busy. Um, you know, you have to have a loop maybe where the curb is. So the carbs have to, but of course, then you have this thing where I was pushed over it. So there's the appeal, you know, but right. I think, you know, if you're, if you're in a real race on a real track with grass on the edge and you happen to get pushed off into the grass, you'll lose two places while you try to recover. Yeah. You can't ever claim them back. No. So I think even if you were pushed off, A, you might've put yourself in a position to be pushed off because you're trying to go around the outside of someone. So you've got to understand that, you know, going around the outside isn't as easy. But, um, you know, you, I don't think you can claim, oh, I was pushed off. Because like I said, if you've got a grass track, if you're pushed off, you'll lose naturally. But the extreme E, <laughs> the only other big four-wheel event going on, was the electric go-karts, electric beach buggies, they called. It was a copper pre in Venezuela. It was, it was just a copper mine, which apparently has sustainable mining therefore it was worth highlighting how they sustainably mine copper they anyway. hit all the 10 year olds did they so, <laughs> i shouldn't have said that i watched a lot of it at times 30 and i watched the final and it was just it was all chaos the whole thing because it was a very wide open track quite, but the only way of delineating the track was to have marker posts and guess what if you hit a marker post you get a five second penalty because they were all hitting the market posts. <laughs> they, they're blinded by the dust and the dirt. It was quite spectacular stuff. They're all slightly. And of course, the commentary of always, because they just go nonstop. Just the male guy, the man and the woman. And he's one, one, one runs out of breath, the other slams. They're overtaking down the inside. No, she's not. Yes, they are going down the inside. No, they're not. It's not. Um, anyway, for once, the commentary team was science. Because at the end of the final race, they said, um, but we're not actually sure who's the winner. Because um, we think they got five seconds and he got five seconds, they got five seconds. And the most annoying thing with their commentary, they, they, they describe the cars in three manners. Sometimes they'll say the number of the car, the number 44. Then they'll say the team. So this is the, 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 the Hamilton team's ahead of the other team. And then they'll say the name of the driver. Of course, in each four lap race, one driver does two laps. So I'm never quite sure who they're talking about in each car and the McLaren car. Anyway, so finally, Due to track limit penalties of five seconds for this and that, even the ever-talking commentators were silenced. So it's, I know what you mean. If you keep on doing the five seconds, eventually people will realise, you know, we can't. But I think still to the outside spectator, the grandstand, like that Porsche race, really tight, two cars battling for the lead. And, you know, the people in the grandstand, you know, might have thought the one that crossed the line won the race, which doesn't happen. 
my analogy that I gave you last week was uh, football and rugby. We're both sports fans of everything. You sh- the res- referee says something in rugby, they know that they have to listen and that's discipline. And football yeah. is getting better uh, because now yeah. they, they, they're still a bit cheekier. Soccer, for those of you um, in America. But, um, uh, and it will happen. It will, just, it will take a while, but it will happen. And then people will know they can't do it because it's five seconds. So I think drop back. I'm still a drop back a place, man. But you all have radios that work, which is the problem. You know, it's got to be someone with authority. But when the touring cars come round on the set and there's six cars all miles off track, you know, someone's got to note all the numbers down. But there, there must be an electronic response. You know, we've got the transponders. So you must yeah. be able to say, right, those six were all over the line. Get on the radio. They've all got to drop one place back. It's hard, isn't it? It would I be know. hard. Look, I, I, and, and, and a lot of it is so subjective as well. The amount of times that I have gone into a steward's uh, room after a race <laughs> saying, oh, he ran me off the road or whatever. Well, not that I've, ever, I've never gone in there and said he's done something. I've, I've, I've taken it on the chin. But, um, but when you've been called in, you have to explain something. And you're like, yeah. hang on a minute. He did that to me, not the other way around. So it's <laughs> funny how people see it, isn't it? It's amazing, yeah. really. Um, so I what else is going on? Yeah. So track, track limits. Let us know what you think. If you're listening to this on the podcast, yeah. try, try and jump onto Twitter um, or, or YouTube and just let us know in the comments. We'd love to know what you, you all think uh, about track limits. because I, I mean, think A lot of people dig, dig, up, dig up the car park and put gravel. Seems to be one of the most popular. What did we, I mean, did, did, they tried that at um, Spa with the fake gravel, which I thought was a great, great idea, but it didn't seem like it was maybe greasy. No, that was Zambor. That was Zambor. Uh, Zambor. Thank yeah. you. Yes, it was. Uh, well, the trouble is the faster corners at Spa, they put the gravel tracks, but they still had two cars widths worth of tarmac because they yeah. still... Because as soon as you get a car trapped in the gravel on the exit of a corner, you have to red flag it because, you know, you, they're, they're stuck in yeah, the gravel absolutely. right next to the circuit. I've been there many um, <laughs> <laughs> so, but I still remember that when they made the very first new Cops corner, which was a tight right, and they did have gravel right to the edge of the track, and the touring car race, we were in the... Um, the Nissan, three Nissans, all sponsored in the same lovely red colours of Old Spice, splashed on. And there was mayhem, the whole field. I think one went wide, none of us could see. We all went in too quick. And I hit another car that was already beached and someone hit me. But all three of the, of the Old Spice Nissans were stuck in the gravel. <laughs> and the Nissan hospitality um, bus was on the inside of Cops Corner. And all three drivers walked across the track and went and had a beer in the sponsors. <laughs> Did you get beaten by the brute? We got brutally beaten. <laughs> so, yeah, if you have gravel right on the edge of the track, it's just it's each corner needs a different blooming cure. Yeah. Anyway, no. let's see what everyone Yeah, back to proper racing. And, and when you talk about MotoGPs and, and World Superbikes, there was all last weekend, there was proper racing. As I said, a huge drama we get to Alton Park and the British um, thing. British superbikes, but yeah, MotoGP was it was all a bit turned on its head because it was a wet qualifying. And so all the bike they had about one dry session on Motegia track, which not all the riders had ridden round. Uh, so on the wet conditions, Mark Marquez and his second race back on this Honda that's a rubbish bike at the moment, has been trailing in 14th and 15th, puts it on pole position, um, dropped to fifth early on with, with the dry track in the race and came back to fourth, took took fourth place. So a wonderful have Mark Marquez back. Jack Miller at outsider now because he's been dropped by Ducati, but he's going to KTM next year, the Australian. He came through from seventh on the grid to win, just stormed through everyone, just had his whole Ducati fired up. Um, whilst the championship contenders, um, Magnaia and Quattoraro and Bastianini, they were all battling like mad over seventh place. They were just nowhere. 
Uh, and in fact, uh, Bastianini on the last lap dived to try and do Quattarara and dropped it. But also another no points for the for Ducati man who was on his way who'd been catching Quattararo. Yeah, but you know what um, it's like when you when you when you get into a battle wherever you are, you just slow each other up. So yeah. it's, so, they weren't getting it. But worse, well, Alex Espargaro on the other on the Aprilia, the other of the sort of his third in the championship, he, he went out on the grid for the green flag lap, opened up the throttle, and they found that the engine was in eco mode. <laughs> and he spent the whole lap trying to get it going, couldn't. Came in at the end of the green flag lap and just jumped onto the spare bike, which had the wrong tyres on, and dressed up. And he got back to I don't know, he got back to 16th, I think, at the end. So he got no points. So a lot of drama. Cal Cratchlow, our British rider, temporarily back with MotoGP and the Yamaha. They qualified 23rd, came up to 15th. So Cal's having had two steady rides. And I think he might be out in Thailand or might not be if he's going to lose his ride. But um, so good to have Cal back in MotoGP. But uh, big dramas. Now what, there's um, four rounds to go. I mean, it's, there's hardly any points now at the top. So it's, it's really tight. So tight. really exciting in the MotoGP. But the races um, are exciting. The championship is exciting. It's, yeah. It's, it's good stuff. Moto2, Jake Dix, another great race. In fact, he was in news today. He qualified second, but then he came third because someone who had got track limits lost his track limits and came back to second, again, causing confusion. Uh, he dropped back to ninth, an awful opening lap of the dry. But as Jake always does, second half of the race, he was getting the pace up and he got back to fourth, nearly right on the back wheel of the, um, the, the, the third, guy was in third. Um, we had another leader crashing out in MotoGP. In fact, it was Moto2, but Aaron Canet, who was on pole position, had a nice lead, just pushing too hard. Um, but it was huge um, joy in Japan. So Ai Ogura came from 13th on the grid to win. Um, and he narrows the championship gap there. Moto2, he's just two points now behind Spain's Augusto Fernandez. So Moto2, exciting. Uh, and Jake Dixon today announced, um, got another year in Moto2 with his team. That's good so, news. Yeah, so if he could step up and win the title next year, we might have a, a Pakamoto GP. I'm not a Cal isn't a Pakamoto GP, but he's not likely to be employed full-time. So that was a good in Moto2. And the Brits in Moto3, we had this incredible wet session where this vision trap, these two young British riders. Now, Scott Ogden put it second on the grid. <laughs> Track he'd never beaten before. In the one dry session, he was about 23rd fastest. And it was wet, and he just every session in the wet, he was just there on the pace, qualified second. You can see on the grid, he was so nervous, poor lad, you know, on the front of the grid. And he did drop, he only dropped back steadily, and he was about, I think it was fifth at the end of the first lap. Uh, but sadly, he f- went sailing straight on and into the into the dirt on one lap. And what happened, he ran off and he finished 20th. But I mean, just for the kids as a rookie, I mean, he'll use that as experience, you know, now he's done it, you know, Absolutely. when he's got, you know. But uh, whereas Josh Watley, his, his teammate, um, was taken out. He's, he's getting quicker now. He's getting to Scott's times. He was up in 23rd, 4th. Um, he was taken out on the first lap for the second Grand Prix running. So he had so a very short race. And like I've said many times before, it's not just the driver. It's all the team and the and your fans and your yeah. family, everybody watching as well. Yeah. Tiff, do you get nervous still on the on the grid? Sort of yeah, always uh, always yeah. terrible. Especially when you I think that's a good. Car with the owner, you know, sharing yeah. a million pound Jaguarita, you know, you want to race, but you don't want to damage it. But no, always, no, always nervous. I don't yeah. think you can't be a racing driver or not. Um, the other Brit, the John McPhee, just say qualified 12th and finished 7th. So McPhee had a steady run. Whereas uh, Spain's Izan, Izan Guevara, Guevara had his fifth win of the year and he's, uh, he's rushing away. Moto GP, Moto 3 title pretty much in his pocket. 
Good. So, and, um, and good for your pronunciations. Well, I wish I had your pronunciations. Yesterday, try, I was, try. yesterday I had to drive, uh, as you know, the DBX 707 round a track, and it was just quite phenomenal, really. But I had to pronounce the Ferrari Poro Sangue. But if you, it's so hard to do because you're trying, you're speaking English, and you've the got Ferrari. A, what was that? The Ferrari SUV. Yeah, I thought oh, I, didn't, I didn't know the word. I thought it was called Persang, but I looked. I looked at the phonetic uh, uh, pronunciation. It's Poro Sangue, <laughs> and you sound such a plonker. But you're very good with your pronunciation. Trying Moto a Moto GP, really good weekend in Japan. Um, World Superbikes quieter really done in Barcelona because um, Alvaro Bautista, the Ducati Championship leader, won all three of the races. Whereas the Chasers, Razgatliogu and uh, Jonathan Ray, they had, they had a podium each, two podiums from top rack and only one for Ray, um, with four rounds to go. Now, Bautista's, what, 60 points ahead. So he's looking good for the world superbikes. But the British superbikes was the drama of the weekend. I mean, <laughs> terrifying drama. They're now into their top eight showdown. So they're a bit like NASCAR. Was it, Don- got was it Donington, wasn't it? Was it Donington? Alton Park, oh, Alton which Park. always looks scary to me. Donington next motorbikes. week for the uh, British Super Yeah, so where this will continue. Yeah. Um, but this it was a, it's the McCams and Yamaha team. So they're the reigning champions with Taz McKenzie, won it last year. Uh, he was injured, I think, on a training bike. I'm pretty sure he's injured not racing on a off-roading for fun. Uh, and his teammate, Jason O'Halloran, he led the championship earlier on until um, Ray... Get the names right now. Ray. What's Ray's first name? Jonathan, isn't it? No, that's the other Ray. That's the other thing. Bradley Ray. Bradley. Bradley Ray got his Yamaha guy because we saw him at Thrax. So there's amazing. So the three Yamaha boys are really, they were dominated. They, they're the top three in the top eight. So we're going to the shootout period. They call it showdown, not shootout. The showdown, which is three rounds and nine more races, nine races. Anyway, race number one. I don't know who went down first. I think it was Taz came down first. So first of all, Taz McKenzie drops it going into that hairpin. Shell hairpin, it used to be called, them right at the bottom of the big Alton Park. He dropped it on his own, waited too quick. Bike in the barrier, he was okay. So that was one um, Yamaha out. Then that was a red flag, not red from pace car. On the restart, Jason O'Halloran, who was running second, I think, or third, was taken out by Peter Hickman at Druid's Corner. Now, I say taken out. This is where the controversy in the, all begins. Because Hickman dived up the inside into Druids, when in fact, wasn't mentioned by the expert analysts when we discussed this later, James Hayden and Jamie Whittam, uh, because Bradley Ray had overtaken O'Hara in exactly that spot. So basically, Peter Hickman tried to do the same. Now, Peter Hickman's not in the top eight, so can't win the championship. So the, the fact that he was, you know, he just actually got the fastest lap. And after he said, well, I'm trying to win the race. But the, the, the expert said it was completely Hickman's fault. Now, I don't know bikes, but um, O'Halloran leaning in caught the back of Hickman's bike. So Hickman had already gone two-thirds of a bike length past up the inside, but obviously had pushed O'Halloran out slightly. Now, maybe on a bike, you can't stand it up easy. You can't avoid people once you've leant in. But the, but the impact was on. O'Halloran's handlebar into Hickman's rear end. Anyway, huge shunt. You know, I mean, that's a flipping quick corner. Uh, and Hickman was blamed. And he was penalised by the stewards. They was raging about it. And then we go into race two. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So I don't know which came first in that one either. So it was the other first one was Taz, Taz McKenzie again, now back on his bike, drops it in the bottom chicane 
where they're breaking um, after the back straight and gets run over by poor old Peter Hickman. So that was a red flag. I mean, I mean luckily, more luckily, I mean, I think it's pretty bad leg injuries, but he was run over his legs. Oh, and I horrific. think he's broken his femur. So oh. Taz McKenzie, the reigning champion, he, he puts it in the barrister race. One, he's then run over in accidents. He dropped it. It was his own fault. Um, so Halloran is now, you know, he's had his out. He's back in the race again. <laughs> and Tommy Bridewell tries the same overtaking manoeuvre into Druid's corner on O'Halloran with the same result. Now, Halloran, for the second race running, is cartwheeling through the Druid's thing. Now, this one, you know, Tommy Bridewell, he, it was more side-by-side -side a clash. So he wasn't as far through as, as Hickman was. But the analysts, I mean, Jamie Whitton and James Hayden, were just raging at, at the riders, the overtaking riders, being at fault. Whereas well, the sort of racing driver was thinking, well, hold on, yeah, he was, he was through. And Alongside, yeah. And interesting, both Hickman and then uh, Bribe, Hickman said, he just said, well, I'd been side lining him up because he was slow. That part of the track he was slower. He was always slow there. And it was the last lap, you know, trying to get to the podium. Um, so I made the move, you know, I thought I got through and then he hit the back of me. Uh, but the stewards did him and I dropped him on the grid for the second race. And Tommy Bridewell, he went a bit further. He said, I've been following him. He was slow there. Bearing in mind that Bradley Ray overtook him at this place, it would seem that O'Halloran is slow into Druid's corner. But Bridewell, for some reason, decided to stir it up a bit, saying, you're not a real superbike rider if you can't go quick through, through Old Hall, not Lodge. What's the hill call over the hill and into Druid's? Mm -hmm. So virtually telling, saying, oh, Halloran's not good enough to be a super white rider when he's won motor races. So that's turned it all up. Um, so, oh, I don't know. And after a, the next red flag and the red flags. Flag, oh, well, so, I mean, and Tommy Bryan went on to win the third race and put him into second in the points now. So Bradley Ray won the first race, but he had problems with his tyres and had a third and a fifth the next two races. But, uh, boy, there was some damage done. I think McCann's... Yamaha might not even turn up at Donny's. I mean, they got two, well, they got one very injured rider and um, O'Halloran was limping away like bad. I mean, they're bike boys. I mean, they, they're tough. Yeah. There was another red flag with other big shunt at the first she came after the shell happened with some other lad hurting his, getting hurt quite badly. So I, I well wishes to all those super bike riders that were injured at Alton Park because, I mean, that's a hell of a track. It's a hell of a track in a car. It's bad enough in a car. It's Clay Hill. You come over Clay Hill. That's where they were saying, oh, Halloran wasn't as quick as the others. And, but it is an overtaking place, as Bradley Ray proved. It's not as if it's a place you don't overtake. Yeah. But um, I was surprised. Anyway, bikers. Your bikers can tell me what they think about those overtaking manoeuvres because both the overtaking riders thought, well, I was up the inside and, you know, I'd done the job. But um, it seems like the, the expert analysts, James and James, the two James, or Jamie and James, didn't agree. Okay. Let's go across the pond to some explosive action <laughs> in NASCAR. It was explosive. I mean, this is another thing that amazes me in motorsport. The tyres in NASCAR, they just, I mean, the three leaders. I mean, who were, there were three of them were out leading. Kevin Harvick was leading. Chase Elliott was leading. He was a points leader in their playoff system. And Martin Truex was leading. When they had a rear and right tire explode, I think 150 miles an hour, you know, and suddenly you're opposite lock and you're slamming the wall and Elliot's car caught fire where the front wheel had been ripped off. Um, and they all take it. You imagine any other motorsport where the tires kept blowing. In Formula One, they'd be on strike and they wouldn't race, you know, they'd be blaming, as they used to blame Pirelli, you know. Yeah, they did. But the point is that NASCAR drivers do what the Grand Prix drivers used to Pirelli's is they lower the pressures, they go as daringly low as they can, they put more camber on, 
Because if you stress the tire more, you can go faster. So I think all the teams know in NASCAR, that's the game. You know, we're going to push our settings. We know we might risk the tire and they're prepared to do the risk. So when the tire blows and they hit the wall, they don't go moaning like mad to Goodyear that you know, the tires aren't good enough. And obviously Goodyear, you know, Barry Spider will obviously try to, to make the tires better. But there were some big shunts with tires blowing. Um, what was that Reddick whole, what was that whole tire blow. 2005, the US um, Grand Prix, that the whole scandal with the Bridgestone tires? What yeah, was, well, that was the thing, yeah. The tires yeah. were blowing, so... And, and why they didn't let them put a chicane in. I mean, the FIA, I don't know who stopped the chicane, history-wise, whether it was the FIA or whether it was Pirelli. Whose tyres are? Whoever tyres lasted was on the grid. They said, we'll put a temporary chicane in before, because it was going round the turn one of the IndyCar track backwards with a concrete wall, flat, flat out. You know, the tyres are blown. So there was an offer of putting a temporary chicane in. I think the FIA said you can't do that because the track will no longer be homologated for insurance reasons if you put a temporary <laughs> chicane in, because that's not how the track was passed, certified as. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, Christopher Bell was another one who's in the playoffs who hit the wall with a tyre blow. Um, Tyler Reddick, though, who was pushed out of the playoffs because he had a tyre blow in the last race, so he's no longer in the, the championship hunt. He actually won the race with a really good run. Um, so he's out of the playoffs. The playoffs are now it's going to be cut to just eight um, after the next two rounds. And, and Elliot, who was leading, is now eight. So Elliot's on the cut line. There's only two more races before it gets cut down to from 12 to eight. The next race is Talladega, baby, where anyone can win and anyone can lose. So it's a complete lottery. So the people have got a few points up the front. I think Joe Logano now leads the, the, the eight, the 12 or the top eight. Um, you know, he, can, he can risk being taken out in Talladega, but the others can't. You know, they're going to need to score points um, before the last round, which is at the, um, the last of this three, is, the, is at the Roval, which is a road course inside the... Um, the Oval at some place. Forget where the Roval is. So, lots of drama. I mean, it is fascinating, these playoffs. It builds the tension because, you know, some drivers need to play a bit safe, need to make sure they get the points, you know. But if you win it, you're straight through. So it's that gamble. If you win it, you're into the next group. So, I like NASCAR. I know, I know you're not convinced <laughs> still, but Talladega is always worth watching because there will be a massive 200-mile-an-hour crash. And it's just... As I keep on liking it, if you haven't listened, you're bored. If you actually listen to the podcast till the end every time, you'll already know I liken it to sitting on the motorway when there's three lanes all doing two miles an hour. One lane goes one mile an hour faster. You want to, you want to move into that lane. And they're doing this, but they're doing it at 201 miles an hour. I love doing that with you when we're in traffic, we're going somewhere and, and yeah. watching you. And you just There's another lane, another lane. I can get half a, half a car length if I go in this lane. And but, the, but the best bit in NASCAR, at 202, you're allowed to push the car in front of you that's doing 201. Imagine we could do that on motorways. Come on, mate, let's push up a bit. Come on. So I would like fun. to do that a few times. I'd also like to say... Um, Hello to Thomas and Lewis Hodge from Australia. We got some Australian this Hello, week. Hello, Thomas and Lewis. Um, they're brothers, actually. So uh, they both listen to the podcast. Um, the younger one had to uh, be told who you were. They not for the younger generation. Aren't familiar. Never tell me that. As soon as they know who you are, they know. Then they well, recognize your voice. Well, they... Apologize to them that we don't do Aussie supercars because it's the most brilliant touring car series. Um, but it's, it is just a national series, and there's no British drivers, riders in it. And I'm sorry we don't do it soon. And it happens in the middle of the night in England. Okay. So I don't get to watch enough. Have you raced the Bathurst, remind me? No, I haven't raced Bathurst. I wish I had. Yeah. Fantastic. I just love to I'd love to drive around it. When we're on our next series and we've got a bigger budget, 
we will be going to Bathurst for some driving round it somehow. We'll make we'll find an excuse to go to Bathurst. Okay. Also down under uh, next week we got WRC going to New Zealand. Yeah. Um, a bit closer to home we got uh, Buddha Superbikes in Donington. That was this next week, not this week, as I thought. Um, MotoGP goes to Thailand. Uh, yeah. And then they we continue. Course got Formula Japan. One back in uh, uh, Formula One's in Singapore. The night race. Yeah, with the, with the, with the W Series. Yes. I've gone off W Series big time recently because I'm getting bored. Well, I'm getting bored with the fact they won't let the ladies out. Apparently, I've found out now they're almost contracts that they can't go in single seater race without permission. They had their own women's only Formula Three test, and there was a big Formula Three test uh, last week. About forty drivers all went down there to some track, to, and there, there's no women in it. No, none of the W Series drivers were even in the test. Oh, that annoyed but me. They're well, now become they're right. so protective now about you know Jamie Chadwick being twenty first or twenty third. But if we keep on keeping them closeted, um, taking them around the world, this wonderful opportunity. I mean, racing in racing in Singapore. You know, all the young men would love to do that. It's so an absolute. Uh, Mickey take out of these amazing male drivers. A driver's yeah. a driver. And and if you have a women-only series, if we had a men-only series, it would be uproar. But yeah. um, And then now everyone's going to correct me and say, well, there's no women in Formula 1, but there could be women in Formula <laughs> 1. It's not it's not exclusive to, to women. It's just By the way, everybody, about, Jamie Chadwick it's does about not ability. want to do Formula 3. All you women out there on Twitter saying, why hasn't she got a Formula 3 driver? It's a disgrace. She has a fairly wealthy family. She's won a million dollars. She could easily get into Formula 3. But what do you think she wants to do? Would you like another season in W Series, racing yeah. around the world, winning races, adored by everybody? Or do you want to go and finish 22nd and 23rd and 19th in a Formula 3 race? I'm really? quite sure. She's doing this test in Indy Lights, which I don't know when that's happening. But I think that's more of a PR stunt than a, a real ambition. Yeah. I'll wait and see. I may be proved wrong. I'd happily be proved wrong. I would love to be proven, proven wrong, but sadly, it's just there are much more talented men at the moment than there are ladies. That's the way it is. That's that's. But as long as they're inspiring the ladies to have a go, and we'll find, we will find, as I keep on saying, Maxine Verstappen and Louisa Hamilton one day. Well, Jamie's amazing. She's a phenomenal driver. Yeah. Isn't she? One of the best drivers. She's a great ambassador. She's a great ambassador for women's racing. But, you know, let's stop pretending they're going to be Grand Prix drivers. They're not. Yeah, not not any of the current group. That's a better way to sum it up than what I how I summed it up, saying they're just not good <laughs> enough because they're, they're clearly exceptionally good. Um, so, well, whilst I try to dig myself out of that hole, thanks for joining us. <laughs> we'll see you next week for a rampant week. We'll W Series next week in Singapore and all the other stuff like Formula One and stuff that's not so important as that. So we'll see you next week. Cheers all. Cheers. <laughs>